everyone, and welcome to Everyday Linux, episode 20, Away We Go with Migo, brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. This week, our friend Mr. Seth Anderson, the gooey kid, is going to walk us through his experience recently with the Migo OS. And uh, so we'll start by introducing Seth. Say hello, Seth. Hello, everyone. How are y'all? Welcome back to the world of the internet podcasters. Joining us along with Seth, as always, is Mr. Chris Neves, known as Slipped in our chat room. Say hello, Chris. Hello, everyone. And of course, our noob in residence, Mr. Aaron Butler, the former fat guy. Greetings, all the people in the world that are currently listening and those that will listen in the future. Wow. Okay. I think that covers everybody. So, uh, guys, anything interesting going on in your lives this week that we want to talk about before we get on with the Mego OS? Not much new around here other than I'm sick and tired of fixing broken computers already for the school year. Oh. Well, so how long have you got? You're what? We just finished six weeks, and I think you started a week after we did. Yeah, we, we just had inter- midterms, the first midterm of nine weeks. So, yeah. Yeah, so four and a half weeks. How do you do midterms for nine weeks? How does that work? Yeah, four and a half. Interesting. You darn Canadians. Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> but uh, it's it's been one of those things. We've always had midterms since, you know, way back even when dinosaurs roamed the earth, so they still do them. So do you do 18-week terms, uh, meaning that, you know, you, like your credit is over at the end of 18 weeks? Is that truly a midterm or is school. it a quarter term? Uh, for the high school, yeah. uh, a lot of those in the high school are um, 18 weeks. And then uh, a lot of the ones for, like, the middle school. And there are a couple at the high school that are nine week only. So yeah. that's the way we do it. And we're very unusual. Most Texas schools don't do that, but our school, we do uh, 18 week terms, nine week quarters. So you get uh, a full credit for an 18 week class or a half credit for a nine week class. Uh, and so it actually gives our students a chance to get, I think over the course of four years, they can cram in like six more courses doing it that way. If I remember yeah. correctly. And the teachers only prep five classes a day because they're 90 minute blocks instead of seven. See, all, all of our teachers are seven blocks, but they, they prep six because everyone gets a prep hour. So. Yeah. Yeah, Since so, this is a technology... I'm sorry, Mark, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish, finish your thought. Okay. I, I've already forgotten this, what it was. Okay, great. Since this is a technology uh, podcast, I thought I'd mention that I've been in Wisconsin for software training for the new application that I'll be supporting for three days this past week. I'll be going next week for three days. I'm back a week, and then three days more. And this... It's. I can only imagine that it's like going to Google Central or um, maybe Microsoft's. No, not Microsoft. More like Apple, because this company has a definite culture um, that they really work hard at at building, and it's incredible. I think I told you about it some already, Mark, just when we were on recording one million workout the other night. The facilities are like at probably some of the nicest buildings I've ever been in. Reminds you like a, a Colorado ski lodge, wood and stone and, you know, exposed beams and all that kind of stuff. And super cool. I mean, <laughs> the name of the place, the, 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 the actual headquarters is called Epic Intergalactic Headquarters. <laughs> well, it's wow. true. It's the only headquarters across all the galaxies. So, sure. And they are not joking. And you know, their whole philosophy is like, a, you know, why be in a cubicle and building C when instead you can be in an office in Andromeda? All their like a lot of their office buildings are named after constellations, uh, and they have 
Voyager Hall, which is this incredible training hall that all the rooms are themed, named. I was in the Justice League room, um, and right next to me was the X-Men room. They've got a uh, Lord of the Rings room. They've got Star Wars rooms. They've got Roaring Twenties, Carnival. I mean, and it's all down this hall, state-of-the-art. They have all the, it's like 4,900 employees on the campus. They train several thousand people a year there. You can only go there to be trained. It's just, it's incredible. And when all your employees and most of your clientele are geeks, you can do that. Yep. Yeah. Or, or medical staff, but yeah. Right. It's, uh, uh, it's incredible. I just wanted to throw out some, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Seth. I was going to say, what's the software? It's, uh, it is the premier uh, integrated medical record practice management scheduling multi-specialty software in the nation. One out of, when, they, when their current rollouts are complete, one in every four patients in the United States will be in this software. Wow. That's, awesome. an that's an electronic medical record in the United States somewhere. So in other words, they've got lots of money to have an andromeda room and a... And a uh, what, Everything's paid for. Room. They have no debt. The entire place is paid for. And, it's, and wow. it is like buying a... Um, uh, it is buying, buying the Lexus in order to use the old, old term, buying the Cadillac of the, of the software. It, it's a, a fairly expensive. You can get cheaper ones, but not ones that are this good. Or like buying a Mac. <laughs> it's similar. <laughs> so, and some of the concepts are similar. It's not quite as customizable as some of the others. But again, they've gone through the extra effort to actually put a lot of tools in your hands where you can customize it. But they build the tools in a way where you can't break it. <laughs> Which cool. is other softwares that I've worked on before that they give you all kinds of power. And you can just trash the whole thing if you don't know what you're doing. Pretty incredible. Well, it's nice that they have the safeguards in place then. Yeah, they, they hand you really powerful tools, but the tools are limited in such, such a scope that you can't bring the database down or, or hurt performance and things like that unless you really, really, really work at it, I guess. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, one of our own, Mr. Seth Anderson, who is now world famous, intergalactically famous, because wow. uh, he uh, sent an email to uh, Steve Gibson that was read on the Security Now podcast. Yeah, no way. And no, they did, and I tried no to way. plug. I tried to plug the tightwad tech, but of course, they didn't read that last line. No, so, and why would but, they? Honestly, yeah. I, if you wrote to me about another podcast, I wouldn't read it on the air. Yeah, but yeah, I just um, I had read like he, they were talking about this ser sci-fi series called The Lost Fleet, and I I like I was so intrigued, I went out and I bought all six books, and I read them like a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they were really good. Yeah, six books in five days. That's why that's why you got Steve Gibson's attention there. Yes. I didn't do much else, but I... I so he's uh, like, this guy didn't have a life like me either. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. fuck him on a podcast. <laughs> the difference is Steve Gibson makes a good living at not having a life. Right. Yeah. I went to work. I came home. I did my walking, and then uh, I read. And that's like the only things I did. Uh, didn't get much sleep either, but it was fun. Uh, another thing I wanted to uh, uh, encourage our listeners to do is to find us and rate us on iTunes. Um, it, I, I want to, what's the word, emphasize this for about a month, maybe the month of October. I will emphasize on all of our shows to find our shows on iTunes um, and rate us. Because right now, uh, for example, Everyday Linux has zero ratings uh, mm. and zero comments. And that makes sense because, uh, you know, although we have several hundred downloads every week and we, we know that people are listening, those, they're not the kind of people who use iTunes, <laughs> generally speaking. So, but I'm asking you to uh, go to your mother's house or, or whatever you have to do to find a machine that has iTunes on it 
Um, and just, you know, bear with me for just a little bit. I know it's painful and difficult and, and an ugly process to load that beast of software, but do it just for us. Uh, I'll have the link on the show notes, or you can just search for Everyday Linux, and we show up in the podcast directory. And uh, rate us. Let people know that we have something worth listening to, because once you get rated, then you get on the iTunes radar, and maybe uh, if they like us, they'll make us a featured show. Not likely, because we spend a lot of time time bashing Apple, but still... Uh, I'm going to encourage you to do that. So uh, the month of October on the Element OP Networks is going to be iTunes Awareness Month. Let's do so some here's kind of, uh, let's do a, like some kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, where, where you take a, a kind of an abstract concept and you realize it. Let's take the GUI Kid and do some kind of GUI Kid video series. Maybe it'll go viral on YouTube. Because <laughs> then once it goes viral, then then everybody will know about us. Yeah. You'll be hearing people on the street. Have you seen that GUI Kid? video there's this guy he's all and then we'd have to figure out the rest of it I mean, but i've got the plan right it's just that whole part about being clever and <laughs> right. engaging you yeah. got to work that exactly out. Yeah, i've yeah, got always... plan too where i'm going to invent something that's worth millions of dollars hey seth would you uh, be willing to uh, stand in front of a camera with a mic stand and pretend like it's a lightsaber because that got lots of hits <laughs> no i don't think i could do that oh. that's already been done it would have to be something new, and I don't mind doing stupid, just uh, not something that's already been done stupid. Okay, you well, got to be original and stupid. Moniker, it's gonna, based on your moniker, it needs to involve gummy worms, <laughs> hot glue, and or tofu. Yeah, well, you know, you can okay. kind of do, Maybe who I'll- is the gooey kid, and what does gooey mean that could be good for several videos? Say, we could do like the poinking thing is big right now. You could have people finding things that are gooey. <laughs> yeah i don't uh, see how that could possibly go wrong combine the two have gooey planking lay down have somebody pour jello over you oh wow yeah that that won't break the and then show. you get up and it leaves a, a a dry imprint you know in the shape of where you were laying that's that's your part like no i was just gonna say like for everybody who wants who hates itunes here's what you do you get a vm of xp going and then you save that vm then you install iTunes, you rate us, and then you revert back to that snapshot, and it will be as though it was never on your machine. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to really have some hatred before you're going to go through all of that, but you're right. Technically, that would work. Mark, why Yeah, because, I mean, iTunes is a beast. What, what did you say, you, Aaron? I said, why don't you build a XPVM or a what's that, that virtual PC with iTunes already in it, with a shortcut saved to Everyday Linux and put it on <laughs> and publish it on. Because <laughs> I'd have to have a license for XP for everybody who downloads it. Oh, yeah, okay. that would be a scary thing. It would be bad. Just, just have a little thing right below it that says only down this if you have a valid XP license. In, in which case they could do it on their own machine. Or so anyway, use- I'm going to oh, rescue go us from this downward spiral and say uh, uh, October is also National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So I wanted to uh, go on record as saying, here at Element Opie, we like boobs. Uh, so if you have a pair, go have them checked out. If you have somebody who you love and you love their pair, encourage them to go have them checked out. Right. If you see a pair <laughs> walking down the street, is a don't stare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't stare if you see somebody else's pair. Yeah, don't yeah, do that. So that's, a, that's the new phrase. If you see a pair, don't stare. <laughs> Even if you care. Because <laughs> they don't like it when your eyes are down there. So you couldn't do something aware. like I stare because I care? That wouldn't go over well? 
<laughs> no, that wouldn't go away. Well. I'm sorry. Yeah, see, I'm sorry. I, I thought maybe I could get in and out of this in a classy fashion, but clearly that ship has sailed. So no, no. I think it's time to move on to me. I appreciate the Cowboys, though. I don't appreciate the way they play, but I appreciate they wore pink shoes and pink towels. That, well, that they thing. played like they should be wearing pink. Well, for the second half. Yeah. In the yeah. first half, they were rock stars. In the second they half, forgot they their were man rocks. cards in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did we forget? Oh, we left our man cards in the locker room. We're all playing yeah. like weenies. <laughs> Actually, it was just mostly almost two interceptions that killed them. But anyway. So, great. Seth, who is not on the yes. video, if you're watching the video, he's the only one not there, and he's the one who's going to be doing most of the talking tonight. So, uh, you get to look at me when he's talking. Sorry about that in advance. Uh, so, Seth, tell us about Mego and why you chose that to uh, focus on this week. Well, I, um, you know, I've had my little NL1 netbook, which is the second generation of the Classmate PC uh, that Intel put out. And I was looking for a distro that went well with it. Um, I heard there was one out there developed specifically for it, but I never could find it. And then I found um, Moblin, which was like mobile Linux. And of course, it's been discontinued, and then Migo was based on it. And um, Migo is kind of like it was a joint development between Intel and Nokia. And um, so I thought it would be cool because one of the things I wanted to do is I also wanted to pick a distro I had never used before because I had found this one called Easy Peasy. And I thought, well, you know, that's kind of a cool name, and I will try it. And then once I got it installed, I realized this is just the Ubuntu Netbook Remix with a different color. And uh, so I went looking for something else, and I chose Mego. All right. And tell us about Mego. Uh, as my understanding is that it's primarily made for mobile devices, and that the x86 part of it that, that you'd put on a, a regular computer is sort of a hack. Is that right? Well, they have different downloads. There is... Um, there's like the core software platform and then there's one for netbooks and then one for like in vehicle, whatever. And then another one for netbooks using the Google Chrome browser. So it's like they kind of have a couple of different options, sort of like how, you know, Microsoft has their server OS and their desktop OS, but a lot of it's the same code. That's kind of the understanding I got from Mego was it was, you know, like maybe for a smartphone or a phone device of that kind, because the interface, once you get it set up, is pretty simple, and there's not a lot of under-the-hood opportunities that you have in like a regular Linux distro. So that's my understanding of it, but uh, of course I didn't, I was just looking, I did a Google search for like um, Netbook Linux OS. Um, and so I guess during your uh google search you didn't find out that it's actually a dead os that's no longer being developed no because i did not read the blog page that was on the first page <laughs> <laughs> no because uh, when you go to their page the on the front of it there's like uh the migo conference which was may 23rd through 25th and underneath it it says thank you for attending see you next time so yeah you know, i thought well, it's a few months ago it was pretty cool and um and then uh, I, I saw that there was a blog dated from September, and I thought, okay, you know, because I had found some really old distros that I didn't want to work out. And then uh, once I saw that, I went over and I just clicked the download button. So I did not notice it. But I am going to take a look at the Tizen, I believe is how you pronounce it, which is what they are moving to away from Mego. All right. So, yeah, just to, to talk a little bit about that, Mego 
uh, was uh, co-developed by uh, Intel and Nokia. And Nokia has recently signed a deal with uh, Microsoft to put uh, make Windows Phone 7-based phones, so they sort of withdrew from it. And Intel is looking more at the Atom uh, infra, uh, architecture and all that sort of stuff and moving more towards the mobile Windows stuff, too. So the two major people in the uh, who are backing it have both backed out of it. Um, and that's... So it's, so it's not entirely dead. There's still a community there. It's just not... Um, what's the word? As it doesn't have the, the big-name sponsors anymore. And even the people who... The community who backs it up say that you know it's probably a product of uh, 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 the present or the past and not the future, and they recommend you go with the Tizen or Tizen or whatever it is uh, version. Yeah. So having said that, um, you know, uh, it's still... We're still going to talk about it because it's still a valid OS out there, but it's uh, it's probably dead in terms of development. Yeah, I would say that it is a current OS as opposed. It's not kiting in the past yet. You just don't have a lot of future in it. But if you have like an older netbook that is that you've had for a year or two, and you don't like the XP Starter Edition, then this might be a very good choice for an OS from you for you. Because, you know, it, it is, it's going to be a little older and better for older hardware, possibly. So, and since I have an older netbook, I thought, hey, what the heck. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the first thing, and uh, we can put these links in the show notes, but um, I downloaded the uh, 1.2 netbook install. And uh, once I downloaded it, the first thing I noticed is that it has an IMG file instead of an ISO file. Um, I didn't realize that till I put my CD in and tried to burn the file and it would not burn. Um, so, uh, and an IMG for those who don't know is a floppy file, right? Um, I don't know because it's no, cause it's a pretty huge file. Okay. It's like, um, I don't remember how big it is. It's like, uh, 800 megs. It was too big. Well, it like definitely would be a floppy. Yeah. Um, I think it's just another file standard sort of like ISO, but instead it's IMG. Um, and, um, they have instructions though on how to burn them to a flash drive. And so since I did this on a windows XP machine, I followed the instructions and I use this program called win 32 disc imager. And, um, the one thing when I was making it after I formatted it and I uh, copied the OS on there in windows, it did not show that I, it showed that there was no data on the device and so i actually did it again and i thought well what the heck i'm just going to try it so i plugged it in and then it was there it's just for whatever reason windows xp would not recognize the data that was on the flash drive so if you're going to be doing this with a usb stick and you're in windows whenever you go through the process and run the win 32 disk imager program and you look at it it will show that there's no data on there but don't worry it is on there it just they just can't see it Um, that's because of the file format it's probably sitting in you know ext3 or something i should have called it an omg file instead (laughs) omg my file's not there yeah but uh uh, me go omg that would actually work wouldn't it Yeah, you know, that would be really good. Um, The install, though, was pretty straightforward. Like I say, once I just thought, because I had found a converter that would convert IMG to um, ISO, and I was going to use that, but I thought, what the heck, let me just try this. So I tried it, 
and it worked and I was like, Oh, okay. Um, so the, it, it installs with no problem. I have very straightforward install. You like click on the install. Uh, the only thing once the install was done and it needed to reboot, my box did not reboot and I had to manually turn it off, but they said that was a known issue. And so it wasn't a big deal. Uh, one thing about Mego is there is no like shutdown. The only way to turn it off is to hit your power button and then you get a little box that pops up that says, um, would you like to turn off now? And if you don't do anything, it'll turn off in 30 seconds. So it's like, um, if you want to turn it off, you have to hit the power button. But if you do it by mistake, you can actually, um, you can cancel it. Um, but once it came back up, it was pretty cool because this is the first OS I tried on my uh, netbook where the wireless was recognized straight out of the box. So it was, you know, I turned it on and then boom, it pulls up my uh, connection at home. I put in my password and I was able to get online, go to the web browser, which is Chromium. Um, that's the uh, built-in web browser with me go. And I was able to like, you know, surf the web, went to Yahoo, MSN, Google, stuff like that. So now, Seth, just it, for some context, tell us uh, about your netbook. You said that the other OSs have had trouble with it. Uh, what uh, what's, what's it got in it? What kind of hardware is it? What brand is it? Just so we kind of have some context on that. Okay, well, it is an Intel Classmate tablet. Um, it is actually the second generation. It has an Intel Atom, the single core 1.6 gigahertz Atom processor with um, a gig of RAM and a 60 gig miniature hard drive. And I do not remember the name of the wireless driver but I actually, I found it in there. So, um, is that the one with the built-in leather cover with the handle on it? Uh, no, it has a, it has a plastic handle okay. on it though. And, um, it has a stylus. Oh, and that was another thing. The stylus worked out of the box too. So I could, um, you know, I can use the stylus has an on-screen mouse, which, you know, with Linux is sometimes an issue of it. Not, not recognizing touchscreen inputs. Okay. Um, and I was, you know, like I say, one of the reasons I chose this is because Intel was a development partner. And since I had an Intel specific um, netbook, I thought, well, you know, if anybody's going to make something that worked, maybe they would. Um, so all, all in all, I was, pre I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I did have an issue getting the updates to work. I would launch the updates and then I would come back, you know, like, 30 minutes, an hour later, and my screen was dark and my computer had went to sleep. And the default settings is to um, go to sleep after 10 minutes and suspend after 15. So, um, and of course that kills your internet connection and it kills your updates. So uh, Chris, you would be proud of me. I had to drop down to the command line and uh, get the updates to run. So, because um, yeah, and uh, there is instructions on their, on their, on their, on the Mego wiki on how to do that. Um, so if you don't have a blazing fast internet connection, check your default power settings and change those before you try to do updates and walk away for a little bit. Um, or pay your three so year old it, stand there and Was it app get based? Um, I, I don't remember. Let me, uh, let me pull it up. It was, a. Uh, you would ask me that. <laughs> Uh, zipper, which I've never heard of, but Z Y P P E R. 
that's open Susie's package manager. Okay. Um, so yes, that's, um, I had to do the zipper refresh and the zipper patches and, um, and of course the SU at the front to get it to work. Mm -hmm. And, um, but anyway, once I did that, I watched the screen come up and if you're watching it, it will show like errors whenever the package is finished downloading, I guess, because it tries to install them right away. But once they're all downloaded, they all installed fine. I did it again just to make sure after I rebooted and there was nothing left. So I was able to get all the updates down. And, you know, after that, because, you know, there were just some issues with sometimes it would freeze up. Sometimes it would lock up, but, you know, reboot fixed it. But once I got the updates, I went in. It's kind of one cool thing about Mego is it is a true netbook OS. Like even with um, the Ubuntu netbook remix, it's more like a regular computer OS where they try to shrink it down to fit it on a small screen. This um, this OS is designed to be connected to the web. Um, you have like a you have a bar at top where you have a, you can go to some applications. You can go to a status feed, which I put in my uh, Facebook account, and I actually um, liked the status updates as they showed in there rather than the new Facebook layout. Um, there's a people section where you can sign in with like instant messenger settings. Uh, internet section, of course, that's your browser. Music, which it uses the Banshee media player. And then devices where you can like change like volume and see you know your disk drives and stuff like that and of course bluetooth because this computer has bluetooth and networking um this they do a great job of power management because this thing lasted probably an hour longer than this last when i had xp on it and again you know not doing tons of stuff but browsing the web watching an occasional video you know playing some flash based games in the browser it lasted at least an hour longer than xp would last doing comparable stuff so i don't know what they did to power management in here but it was really good it's probably doing less in the background less multi-threading multitasking that sort of stuff right uh, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. And of course, you know, I mean, I don't have antivirus running on it or anything like that. All the other processes that you load up on an XP machine. Oh, but, did uh, you, guys, you mentioned uh, antivirus. Did you guys see the new uh, uh, internet meme about common sense being the greatest uh, antivirus? Yep. That no, was, I have not seen it. It's it's done in sort of an infographic form. I don't know why infographics are so popular right now, but it's it's like common sense 1.0. Uh, free for all versions works on all desktops uh, uh, updates appear constantly it was it just made me laugh that it's true if people employ some common sense most of the time they don't need an antivirus just yep. yeah. I'd throw that in there i oh, know that and that's something i've been saying for years only one time have i ever had just something show up on my screen when i wasn't doing anything um and that was because i was way behind the updates um but uh speaking yeah. of updates does Migo have an auto updater it did but again i don't know if it was the slow internet connection or when i tried it after work one day if it was the uh the firewall on the network it, it never would work so there i did the manual one and it would see them but it kept it was paused like it was waiting on something else to finish so um 
that's when I had to break out my command line skills and go to the command line. So you had to do that every time or did well, you only try it one time? I only, I tried it and then I made sure there were no more updates. So, um, you know, I, I had, I had left it on for two days, um, trying to do automatic updates. I changed it to, uh, you know, like check every hour and then I would just occasionally automatically launch it. Um, turn it off a few times, turn it back on. And like I say, I don't know if it was the slow internet connection at my house or if it was the, the firewall settings at work. But, um, when I plug straight in, um, past, uh, you know, got a straight connection to the internet and then, um, I went down to the command line, it worked fine. And then there were no more updates to, uh, to see if that was just an issue that an update addressed. Okay. Um, Another thing that I was really disappointed, and if you're coming from a Windows background, this will be a big deal. I had a, um, I have a flash drive. It's like, a, I don't know, like a 500 gig flash drive that is, it's nowhere near full, but I have some videos and some music on it. And it's kind of where I back up my other computers to. I plugged it in. It recognized it has an NTFS formatted drive, but it could not read it. So uh, I don't know why. It can't because every other Linux distribution can, but Migo was not able to read it. So I, in order to test the media player, I had to get another thumb drive, format it FAT32, and copy over some things and put it in there. And how even, how big was the drive, Seth? Um, the one that I used, yeah, it was the, just a four gig. No, the the one that didn't work. Uh, the one that didn't work is, I believe, it's five hundred gig. Okay, so it may, it may be a file size issue. That the partition was too big for it, but uh, well, it could also be that it doesn't have the uh, Fuse three G thing installed either. Uh, what's the Fuse three G? That's the uh, the how Linux sees and reads NTFS is Fuse three G. Well, but if it can recognize that it's NTFS, wouldn't it be able to read it? Not necessarily. Really, Just I know like what Portuguese sounds like. If you, if you put like. in um, a riser <laughs> or it um, H plus from like Apple. Uh-huh. Linux will see what it is, but it, it, because it doesn't know how to read it, it can't read it. Oh, well, uh, like there's, I say, there's, I, there's a there's identifiers and file types and things that'll show up to operating systems. Like there's all kinds of um, graphic applications that'll say, "Sorry, this is a such and such." You know, I can't do this file, so it may just be one of those situations where it could read the header and this knows enough to know that it doesn't know what to do with it. Well, and again, it's, um, you know, from straight out of the box, you would think it should, it should be able to, because you don't have to do that. Like, you know, when I run Ubuntu or Linux Mint or even, um, Fedora or anything like that, even puppy, it's always been able to read stuff like that. Um, just kind of straight on the straight going. Does Migo have a uh, software center or anything like that for finding things that you might want to add on? It did have, uh, it does. I didn't really see, it was a little bit, Migo was a little bit confusing in that aspect. Um, and when I was testing the uh, battery life and I let it go to sleep, ever since then, my uh, networking has been messed up. It shows, it does not show any network connections and it shows that the connection manager is not running and I cannot figure out how to start it because all of the help files are online. 
So when you click the help button, it uh, takes you online. Now, if you plug a network cable in and start it up with that network cable in there, it will uh, it won't it'll tell you it's not running, but you will have a connection and be able to get to the internet. But ever since then, like the status plug-in with Facebook hasn't worked, and uh, I didn't test the music out until after this, but it imported all of my videos and audio files and I had different formats, uh, WMV, MP4, MPEG, even flash files. Um, it, it, it saw them, it imported them, but when I went to play them, it would error out. And so it would only play the, you know, the seven or eight, you know, uh, classical music type songs that were in the music player to begin with. And I don't know. Or go ahead. It reminds me of when I first, downloaded XP, installed XP, and went through the whole process, upgraded everything, did everything perfect, and at the end it said, I can't find one driver. You need to go to the Microsoft, you know, um, what's it called? Hardware thingamaflobber and get it. It's the modem driver. Right. <laughs> the one thing that I did not download. I can't count the number of times I've had to uh, go to the enter, uh, go to another machine to download the network driver so that I could download the drivers for the rest of the the system that you'd think that would be the one that they'd spend all their time working on, but I know some kind of universal. It, it it sucks and runs really bad, but at least it's a driver driver, right? You know, you give know? me give me like one megabit. The VGA, you know? it's the it's the equivalent of the VGA driver, right? Yeah, I, I, you know, and like I've every XP machine I've ever done, I've always had to do that with. But and that's something that Linux does really well is your networking usually works out of the box and. uh but so, like I say, I don't know if it was just some other issue with the system or something happened when the computer went to, um, you know, in the power. I don't know if it was sleep or hibernate or I, I don't remember what the screen said um, when it went into that uh, and I restarted it. You know, it never it has not worked right since then. Um, and I've spent a lot of time trying to troubleshoot it. Um, Did you reboot? By, Oh yes, several times. I even uh, <laughs> I even set the uh, standby timer down to like two minutes, thinking, "Well, let me let it go to sleep again, and I will wake it up fully charged and see if that helps." And and it did not help. So, but you know, n- knowing that it's a dead OS, I I don't know, I don't know really what to expect on that. But um, kind of just going back to it, it's got basic applications, you know calculator there's some games the camera actually it's it uses the cheese program it actually looks at least as good as it did in xp um i actually think it looked a little bit better less grainy a little bit more crisp um then um and again i didn't have to load any separate driver for that or anything uh it has some basic games but it's really designed to be hooked up to the internet and uh it uses um uh you know you have a mail client if you have pop settings and you want to uh do that or you can just do everything like that through the browser has image viewers media players uh some office type tools and the system tools are really you can get to a terminal so chris i know you'd be happy about that <laughs> but uh um and you can do the updates there and you can look at the software catalogs. It even has a function called garage, which is supposed to kind of automatically fix issues, but that it hasn't worked for me. And again, <laughs> I don't know if, uh, so the I garage needs some, time. some work on it. 
yeah, somebody's got to service the garage first. Um, but I think I thought it was really cool until, like I say, something happened when I let it uh, go into sleep hibernate, and every since then it it kind of went downhill. And if I were going to keep me go, I would I would reinstall and see if that happened again. Um, but all in all, I thought it was a pretty cool OS. I really like the look and feel of it, even though it's kind of a net centric thing. And I'm really not a net centric kind of guy. It does a really good job of just fitting on the screen and looking like it was designed that way. So it doesn't seem like, oh, we've got to shrink everything down to fit on here. It was somebody actually designed and developed to make it look natural. And it was pretty easy to navigate. Um, and like I say, most everything's designed to be done through the web anyway. So that's you, pretty you big, uh, pretty big, pretty big, uh, endorsement coming from the gooey kid. You like the Lewis <laughs> yeah. look and feel of it. Did you yeah. like it better than unity? Um, you know, I have not, I have not taken the plunge and tried you. Uh, gnome three. Uh, oh Lord. Anything's better. than <laughs> <laughs> An etch a sketch can be better IMG. than gnome three. <laughs> Yeah, using post-it notes on your computer is better than GNOME three. Uh, so, uh, but so I, I really I wish it were still in development. I would love to see what one point three was going to look like. I think it would have been really good. I think they're moving to Unity. Sure. <laughs> you know what it sounds like too. When you said you're having problems with playing different video types, it sounds like it's taking a page out of the Fedora playbook and not bundling a lot of those proprietary codecs. Well, and see, I don't know, because even um, using the same format, um, the same file types that are already there, it still won't play what I imported. And I, I haven't been able to figure out why. So I don't if know. you had a WAV file that was built in, it would play it. But if you downloaded a WAV file, it would not. Right. You know, because it has those, um, these weird just classical music things with, um, you know, foreign sounding names. That I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Um, so if but, this were windows 95, it would only play the Weezer video and nothing cur- else. That is right. <laughs> you know, you can play those default system sounds, but you can't add any of your own. Hmm. Um, and again, like, like I say, it was running good until it went to sleep and I don't know how to wake it up. So I don't know if there's just some services in there that got turned off and refused to come back on. You know, the uh, the I should work now service is set to permanently paused. And <laughs> if I could get under the hood to turn it back on, then it would probably go back to being pretty cool. I wonder, did you ever notice that there's any uh, control panel stuff? Like if, uh, you know how like, Open Susie has the YAS controller that has everything built into it. Um, or is it all text based for configurations? Well, no, it's like under system tools, there's disk usage, disk utility, garage, manage apps, um, which is kind of like, you know, add remove, uh, software mm-hmm. catalog, update system, update preferences, and terminal. Yeah, That's so there, there, is no, there is no like control panel. No, see, not in, really. In the Windows world, I would be looking at, you know, services.msc to see if there's some services not running, or I might even go old school and go to that. If I could even dig up where it is, it's been years since I've messed with it. But there used to be a Windows, that's probably 98 world, 
a Windows file checker thing you could run that would verify that your core Windows files had not been, uh, you know, snookered. Well, you know, in any case, a reboot should fix this or, or power off. And the fact that it didn't uh, is certainly a problem in the system. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it almost sounds like kernel issues, too, though. You know, and that, like a, a, it has a faulty kernel. There's been a couple of those that have come down the pipe. So I wonder if that might be part of the issue, too. Um, I believe, I don't even remember all of the updates that were available, but, um, you know, there were, there were available. Two, <laughs> no, uh, did I say, I thought I said available. You say available. It sounded like you said available. That's a new word. Mark, come up with a definition for available. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he always says available. He puts a D, a T or a D instead of the L. I don't know why. Some people do. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh does that. If you've ever listened to him, he does that too. Oh. Yeah, he oh, got that. Well, that's probably funny. Available. <laughs> available. We, let's available. call this episode Migo is no longer available. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, let's just pick on the guy, why don't we? I'm yeah, tired. but um that's um so anyway, that's pretty much my experiences. It was I thought it was really promising, and like I say, I would love to see one point three, but alas, there will never be a one point three. Well, not likely anyway. Somebody yes. may pick it up and run with it. You know how uh, these law, small projects can sometimes sometimes have really sycophantic uh, supporters, and so somebody might do it, but it's going to be one guy working in his basement in between rolls of D&D dice. So, right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to look at this, uh, this Tizen because, you know, like I say, I liked Migo enough to uh, like at least follow it in the future, but um, I don't know when Tizen will ever be available because it looks like it's uh, upcoming. Right. It's yeah, some, some of those things are always upcoming, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they're not releasing the, it's uh, the software development kit till the first quarter of 2012. Yeah. I'm not expecting it to show up soon. How long was Duke Nukem forever upcoming? What? Since forever. 92? And apparently not long enough. <laughs> and it wasn't worth it when it did get here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any other uh, thoughts about um, Migo or any questions, guys? No. I, I would like to see how it would stack up against something like Crunchbang or something like that. That would be an interesting comparison. Well, I yeah, I've not used Crunchbang. I did a Google search. Uh, I, I used the Googles. I searched Google's entire internet. Sorry, I'm loopy tonight. Uh, for Tizen, just to see if what the latest scuttle on it was. And on September 28th, PC World was happy to announce Migo and Tizen will have some interoperability. Yay. So, a dead project exciting. and a project that doesn't exist yet will talk to each other. <laughs> so it'd be like um, if, if Migo is like a, an undead, so it's like a zombie in... And Tizen's like a wraith. It's like a wraith zombie. It's an undead zombie. It's a zombie that has no substance. That's the perfect... We can write a sequel to Twilight about this. I, I, I don't even know where to go with that. So <laughs> There's nowhere to go with that. So I've I think I'll all. go straight to our tips of the week. <laughs> oh, great. Command line Godfather. And, and I just have to say... Um, Chris, I, I, I do want to throw one thing, Mark, before you do that. Let's, no, you can't. Seriously. I'm sorry. I have, I'm, I have I'm, I'm totally moved on. Now. It's over. It's done. That's what editing's for. <laughs> um, Intel... We'll add APIs to ensure applications written for uh, Migo, if they're written for the current version of Migo, will work in Tizen. So there is some ongoing support 
at least tangentially and kind of a here's a bone to all you guys that worked on Mego for us from Intel. Uh, yeah, and to be fair, the Mego community really got shafted. I don't, I don't know if anybody who listens to this show pays attention to these things uh, or not, but uh, Intel and Nokia both were really put. Nokia was like, Mego is ROS. We're you know um, we're throwing everything behind it. It's going to be the the future platform. It's going to be everything we do. It's going to be the new uh, version of of help me out. What are they using right now? I can't remember. Sibian. Symbian. It's it's going to replace Symbian, and we're the number one handset manufacturer on the planet, and we're going to put Mego on everything we make, and it's going to be awesome. And then Windows said, "Uh, how about a couple hundred million? And they said, okay, Amigo what? And and so they really, they built the community up and then just shafted them royally. So, um, you know, it's nice to know that they're at least making some effort to pretend like there's a future for it. Yeah, if you read through that blog, there's some pretty... um People say that in, in not so polite a way. <laughs> a couple of the posts, like "thanks for nothing," you know, you blankety blanks. For yeah, I, I stopped writing after like the fourth negative post. I was like, okay, I see where this is going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. they do tend to dogpile on after a while, don't they? Yeah, I was. I had been looking forward to trying the Moblin because that was Intel. Uh, that was their. Uh, Linux distro that they were working on kind of, and uh, they folded it into Mego uh, with whatever, and I can't remember the name that uh, Nokia was working on. They kind of folded them together, and then they both kind of pulled out. So Mamo. Nothing left. Mamo, yeah, that's yeah. it. Moblin and Mamo came together to become Mego. What a geek Mamo. I am that I know that. <laughs> okay. can't believe all the, the word puns and phrases that I just self-censored. You're all welcome. <laughs> the world, you're welcome. <laughs> so, Chris, I, I will say in the notes there, the command line that you have with the uh, um, uh, arguments after it should not be read together as I read them in my head. Because it's not a name, it's not something that's safe for a G-rated network. So, no. Chris, tell us about the command line tip of the week. It's a fun one. Um, this one is basically DU, which stands for disk utilization or usage. Um, when you add the uh, switches after it, S and H, it then gives you a summarized view in human readable format. So if you do DU space hyphen SH to like your home drive, it'll then give you a nice pretty readout for how to do it, uh, for what, how much space you have available and are using right at the current moment. And I'm sure there's a GUI for that somewhere, but uh, we'll leave that to the GUI kid to find because, uh, oh, oh, wait, yes, it's right-click in properties in any uh, uh, file manager on the planet. But no, no, <laughs> the, the command line godfather has to have, the, have it in text readable. Tell me why, Chris, honestly, other than because you like command line. What, what's the point of this? Well, a lot of times um, I have a, on my, my home web server, when I have a folder that gets too big, it's my temp folders. Um, I have a thing set up so that way the, a task runs on cron that checks that temp folder when it hits a certain a certain you know being full a certain usage it then dumps that whole folder. Ah, there you go for scripting. Uh, yep. you, you can right. you can get yep. the the du command can can feed into a script. All right, I feel better now. Yeah, yeah it's we, actually we do really the same handy, thing. especially if you're using um, if you're sshing over into another machine. 
and you want to know how big that folder is, it's a lot faster to do it this way than it is to try and figure out the other um, commands to do it. I do have one other question for you, Chris. Are you wearing pants? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I am wearing my awesome fedora shirt, though. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, f- you have just, to pack up all your shirts. It's different to me, Chris. <laughs> just not fedora fifteen or or whatever they're up to now. We like all it's the others, shirt. right? I'm not ashamed to show it. My uh, wife bought it for me. It says I follow the star. Yeah, the it's rock a cowboy star. Dallas Cowboy oh, shirt. Dallas yeah. Cowboy. Doesn't say I follow Romo. Please note that. The <laughs> <laughs> back says something about Romo, but I can't show it in the public. My shirt says "Made in Taiwan" by by four year old slaves. Um, oh, that's cool. that's all mine says. Okay, Seth, the uh, consumer slash end user tip of the week. What would that be? Well, my first one got stolen, so I had to come up with one on the fly. And uh, (laughs) you need a UPS. If you have a desktop computer, you need to turn it off. Order Well, don't turn it off just yet. Order a UPS from elementop.com slash Amazon. Very nice. And and get a UPS because you – one thing that is very dangerous to a computer is whenever your power goes out, but something that's even more dangerous and even more dangerous to a computer is what is called a brownout. If you've ever been in your house and you notice how the lights kind of dim for a second or two and come back up, that is referred to as a brownout and that will wreak havoc on your computer systems. And when companies use cheap power supplies, especially, it will destroy those. So if you have a UPS, you can save yourself a lot of money. Uh, get one now. I have a brownout story. Okay. I have to share my brownout story. It'll be fast, I promise. I went to Nicaragua and Costa Rica in the summer. It was hot. I weighed 375 pounds. I sweated a lot. We were coming the last two days before we came back to the United States. We went to Managua, the capital, and we thought, we're going to take some extra money and we're going to rent hotel rooms with air conditioning if it's the last thing we do, because it will be the last thing we do if we don't, because we'll die from the heat. So we found this hotel called something, I don't remember, and we rent hotel rooms and we went in and it was big window units, like the kind like are like in a Motel 6 that are on the floor. They were mounted up in the wall. I turned on the air, it started blowing and the power went off. Literally about three seconds. I was like, what is going on? I walked back down to the register, and I said, um, the power's off in our room. And they said, yes, the power's off in the whole building. And, I'm, uh, yeah, I can see that now. You know, was there were lots of windows. There wasn't that many lights. I didn't really notice it until then. And she said, we have rolling brownouts in the city of Monagua right now uh, on schedule because we don't have enough power for the whole city. And ours goes off at 5 o'clock. And I said, and when will we be back on? 8 o'clock. Nice. So, we, we, we rented our hotel room and we had, at 4.57 we got to our room and at 5 o'clock the power went off for the next three hours. So that's my story about brownouts. I do not like them. Now back to the talking about uh, power uh, surge protectors and, and UPSs. If you have a laptop that you don't need one of those. Laptops regulate their voltage regularly. That's how you can plug in and unplug uh, on the fly and it doesn't matter. So that's not so much a big deal if you have a a laptop. Seth is talking about if you have a desktop or even your home entertainment system. I have a UPS on my on my home entertainment system. However, if you do have a laptop, it's nice to get a UPS to put your router slash cable modem, whatever, on that. So if the power blinks, you don't lose your internet connection or what have you. 
There you go. Satellite, satellite receiver. That's a nice one to not have to blink out on you when the power is blinking. Television set. Yeah. Well, TV, well, new TV's not so much. But uh, And if you have a laser printer at home, don't plug your say, laser printer. <laughs> who's ever yet. heard this story? Got this call. Every time I print something, I hear a beeping sound under my desk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Friday. Yeah. Oh, really? I had That's that funny. Friday. That's hilarious. Yeah, I we uh, had... Uh, you know, okay. Let's just stop apologizing. We're just going to tell endless stories about this because that's the way we do on this show. Um, I had a a power a surge protector slash UPS that was blowing out every Friday at school. Every Friday, uh, um, I'd come in Monday morning. It was dead. I'd replace it. It run fine all week. The next Monday, I'd come back. It was dead. And this was one that uh, one of our servers was on. And uh, I replaced it. So after having gone through three of these, three times, I decided I'm going to camp out and see what the deal is with this thing. So Friday um, after school, I just sat in the, this little room behind the library where it was and waited. And nothing happened and nothing happened. About 7.45 or so, janitor comes in, plugs her big 11-amp uh, vacuum cleaner right into my UPS, turns it on, runs for a little bit, and everything goes dead. And she went, oh, yeah, I forgot. That happened to me the last time, too. And then moves on and plugs it in somewhere else. So, yeah, don't plug a vacuum cleaner into a UPS either. It will fry it. <laughs> yes, they are designed for electronics, not yes. motors. And what, the way I explain it to people is the, the UPS and the surge protector both, they are the CIA bodyguards of the electronics world. Their job is to take the bullet, but it will kill them. So don't if you've if you've had a hit like that, don't trust it ever again. Throw it out and get another one. Yeah, and that's something people don't realize is that especially you know most uh, surge protectors are resistor based, and you know those resistors when they eat that current they get burned off a little bit, and eventually they're just power strips. Right. Yep. I my wife and I worked at the same place, and she her desk was actually right outside the server closet. And it had glass doors on it, and it was just thin enough that if there was something beeping, like a drive or whatever, she could hear it. So she, Aaron, she called me one day. I hear a beeping coming from the server closet, which is always fun to hear. So I go down there, and I open it up, and green lights and everything. All the servers are green. All the drives are green. I'm looking, looking. You know, we got two racks of stuff. I'm looking. And then I look at this one old, um, the most common brand of UPS in the world, whose name has now suddenly escaped me. APC. Thank you, APC. I was like, I can't think of the word Microsoft. Uh, <laughs> APC um, down near the bottom of the rack, and I'm that doesn't look right. Uh, I put my hand on it. It was so hot I could not leave my hand on it. Then I leaned down and looked. The top of the of the thing was bubbled up like it was Jiffy Pop. The whole the entire metal oh, case of the, the rack mounted <laughs> thing was bubbled up like this, and there was water, moisture, condensation about a quarter inch inside the front plastic glass. I was like, we well, might want to shut this baby off. Uh, <laughs> let's see what's plugged into this and get this powered down right now. So luckily we didn't have a catastrophic explosion, but it was that was scary. Uh, wow. That would be uh, definitely wow. I just I uh, I just backed out of there, hands up in the air like this, like it, like it made a difference, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Aaron, since you now have a uh, uh, noob discovery of the week, courtesy of the yeah. Gooey Kid, uh, what yeah, is I it? I discovered it when put, Jeff put it in the show notes a few minutes ago. I've been I've been I've been uh, I've been mark. What's the word? I've been uh, lobbying. I have no brain. To, I've been lobbying to have this removed, you know, because I don't know anything. But uh, yeah, new Linux, new Linux user dot next. I can't talk at all. New Linux user dot net. 
is a website. Um, Linux Help for Beginners. This is a little moniker underneath the, the, the penguin guy there. Uh, it's it's got a lot of stuff in it. I mean, all kinds of things. It's got it's got a homepage. It's got other pages. It has distro reviews. It has about me. And apparently, this guy's been only doing Linux for a few years himself, but he's trying to make what he knows available to everyone. Uh, there's a whole page of links. There's uh, obviously reviews about all kinds of all kinds of different distros in there. Um, so it's another one of those sites where you can kind of go and if this is the first time you've really heard about Linux or maybe you're just trying to get started at all, this is somewhere you could go and just spend a few minutes reading through some things and get kind of an entry level uh, non um, command line Godfather. Introduction. GUI kit approved. Linux. Yes, it is yeah, GUI, GUI kit, kit approved. Exactly. Ha, ha, so, looking at the website and seeing the big picture of the penguin there, I need to recant the previous statement. I said penguins don't have yellow feet. I, I have been corrected on that. The Gen 2 penguin can have orange orange to uh, dark yellow feet. They're not the bright yellow that we always see on Tux, but uh, they, they're pretty orangish. So I have been corrected. There is a type of penguin that doesn't have brown or gray feet. Hmm. Oh. The literal net listens to our show. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> well, his original site was newlinuxuser.info, um, which has a whole bunch of information on it as well. It's, it's a lot of the same kind of stuff, I believe. But um, anyway, that, it's out there. Uh, I'd like to give props out to um, the GUI kid for this link. I uh, appreciate that, Seth, for allowing me Anytime to steal it and not stealing it back. <laughs> so next week, go ahead and stick one in there for me. I don't have to steal it. It'd be easier for me on my end, you know, to actually have to do absolutely nothing instead of just <laughs> copying and pasting. Well, there was you still we depend on you for the wise cracks. So you don't, okay. you don't have to gotcha. do completely nothing. And I am perfectly happy making wise cracks. <laughs> okay, so uh anything else, guys, before we wrap up the show? Uh not for me. Okay. No. I, I can't been. wait to get to the new voicemail number. I'm, I've been waiting well, the yeah. whole show. I, I want to tell you, we have a new uh, voicemail number. Uh, it has been um, 530-FRUGAL2, and that number is still available. But just this afternoon, just today, I registered a new Google Voice number specific to the Element OP network because, uh, you know, the 530-FRUGAL2 uh, was about the Taiwad tech and maybe lesser to the Taiwad teacher, right? Frugal, you're cheap. But this one, I wanted a general purpose element OP network uh, voicemail. So this uh, number is now 559 I am OP. <laughs> I love that. 555. That is good. Uh, 559 I am OP. And I even went so far as to register I am OP.com. I, I want to do something awesome. with that. I don't know what, but I think it would be a great promotional thing. For, for like people to put at the uh, tagline of their emails or whatever people who listen to the show or hosts of the show that just a link that says I am Opie and nothing else and maybe it will go it'll go viral and it'll be like you know those guys that See? carry the thing in the wallet that says I am third right I am Opie and people wonder what that's about we're back to yeah, my I'm idea second. of a viral video all we've got to do is come up with a video I had the idea and we can come up with the video now yeah I've so, got an idea if we can get Don Sullivan to record his hierarchy of geekdom it will go viral. <laughs> I'm telling you, the thing so what will take level off. Of geekery would we be then? Uh, we're 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 down there, but we're not. This is more of a gaming geek thing, is what he's talking about. It yeah, pretty impressive. We're slightly above um, Civil War reenactment geeks, as I recall. Oh, we're we're two or three steps above that. We're <laughs> we're we're above LARPers. <laughs> you know, we're above the indie guys. Uh, 
if it involves any kind of accent whatsoever, we're above that. Yeah, see, the great thing is there's, there's always a different level of geek that, that whatever geek you are can make fun of. You know, we make fun of the, uh, the uh, retainer-wearing D&D player, and he makes hey. fun of the LARPers, and, and the LARPers make fun of the Civil War reenactors, and they don't Make fun of everybody who doesn't clue. understand what the war was really about. Right. That, that musket has rifling in the barrel. They didn't have that until the later part of the war. And then he's wearing the hat from the 57th Cavalry, which didn't exist until 1863. Yeah. Anyway, wow. Just made all that up, but I, I said it with passion, right? It was comic yes. accurate. So anyway, contact us at our new voicemail number, 559-I-AM-OPIE, O-P-I-E. Uh, always, uh, as always, the website, elementop.com. You can send all of us an email. One email will go to all of us at EDL, for Everyday Linux, at elementop.com. There's the Twitters and the Facebooks. Just search for Element OP. You'll find us. Um, and again, let me remind you, please, find us on Ustream. Click the link in the show notes, or uh, not Ustream, iTunes. Uh, click the link on the show notes, um, or uh, find it yourself. Just do a search in the iTunes store for all things Element OP. Everyday Linux. Obviously, you're listening to this one, so I assume you like it. But uh, any of the other shows on the network, if you search for Element OP, we should come up. Uh, search for Element OP as the artist, um, and that uh, will come up. And also, we do have, uh, I, don't, I don't think I put it in the show notes, but somebody did, uh, that we, we have a Ustream. Uh, we record all of our shows on Ustream, so you can always go back and find them there, even uh, if you didn't watch it live. And we do video on bunch of them poor quality video but it's there if you want to do it so just thought i'd mention you can find us on ustream.com slash element op i think that's what it is if not do a search for us you'll find us i'm pretty we're out there somewhere (laughs) all right so anything else guys trolling the ether verse all right we're sorry the page you requested cannot be found okay so it's not slash element we know that i don't even remember honestly it may still be the tightwad tech that's how i set it up but uh, no, I'm pretty sure I changed the channel name to Element OP, but Ustream has They'll made some changes us. since then. Just find us, elementop.com. Yeah, use the Googles and type in Ustream space Element space OP. Yeah. Or you can go to elementop.com, click the live stream. We're not actually going to be live, but it will take you to our Ustream channel where you can listen to all of our back shows there. Or the best way to do it is just simply to subscribe on your pod trapping device of your choice, be it an iPhone, an iPad, an Android phone, whatever. A Sanzo, whatever it is you said you had, Chris. Um, Fuse. Fuse. Listen to us. Subscribe to us. You get this sort of uh, mindless prattle every week. And if you want to join us live, we record uh, every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. And you can hear all the good stuff that we edited out of this show. And it's all sorts of fun. (laughs) We break it a lot. All right, guys. So I'm going to say that ends this episode of Everyday Linux. Everyday Linux.